0: Especially when I work with entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we actually have to just run an inventory Mm -hmm. on those things that are, that are important to our life. And the reason I just, I love entrepreneurship so much, especially in a, in a day and age where there is just so much opportunity and awareness and self-awareness. And, you know, we all are craving freedom. We're all craving more flexibility. We're all craving those things. Entrepreneurship can create those things for you. Entrepreneurship also is this incredible opportunity and it will force you, whether you want to or not, to look at those areas of your life that are
1: challenging for you. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van barneveld Pei, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Dr. Megan Walker. Thank you so much for taking time and being with me today. Oh, I'm so jazzed to be here, Jenny. Let's do this. Yes. I'm really excited because I feel like we kind of live in somewhat parallel universe. You are a naturopathic doctor and you now help fellow clinicians and doctors on the whole business and entrepreneur side of things. So I thought, we could bring both worlds together today and talk about the connection of health and your success as a coach or entrepreneur um a lot of our listeners are health professionals and i'm not sure if you would agree with me megan but you know we often need the reminder for ourselves to take care of ourselves because it's so easy to coach and, you know, tell people what the best thing to do in their life is, but it's hard to sometimes take our own advice or, you know, life happens, you know, habits slip. So I really would love to dig deep with you today and talk about health optimization for female entrepreneurs, just like us.
0: Oh, I can't wait to jump into this because it's kind of like the secret sauce of what enables us to do all the things we have to do as women and entrepreneurs and sometimes parents and leaders, and if you don't have if you don't have some of these things in your back pocket, i I don't know how you have the energy actually to carry on
1: totally. And I love how you know you've said before, it's like when you talk to a lot of female entrepreneurs, you know when they when they say, "Oh, I just don't have the time," that actually can mean they just don't have the energy. And like, what do you mean by that? Like, like, how, how have you kind of found that, that hypothesis after, you know, talking to so many female entrepreneurs, what is really going on there? Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it was an observation I started to have when I was in clinical practice and it was really fascinating to me because it takes energy to shift course it takes energy to like we have momentum moving in one direction even if all the things aren't working if we've got some element of momentum and then shifting course actually just is a redirection of of energy and it was interesting because when people would come back to me and we would talk about implementation and I'm sure you see this too to be like you know I wasn't able to I wasn't able to shift the diet or I I wasn't able to get to the gym or I wasn't able to give up the wine the things that they weren't able to do actually had nothing to do with time. And they would always come back the time. I just don't have the time for it right now. And the the truth is when we really dug into it, what they did have the bandwidth for was shifting course and, and shifting Mm -hmm. direction. And when we was step back and I stopped being like, okay, here are the things you have to implement, or here's the new diet you have to try. And the very first thing I did with people was, okay, let's increase your energy suddenly everyone was able to start to make these, these shifts. And, you know, even when I'm coaching individuals in their businesses now, and we're strategizing around pieces, it's amazing how often people will say, Oh, I don't have the money for that. I don't have the energy for that. I'm not like, there's a time issue. There's an energy issue. There's sometimes a money issue, but they can't articulate the money piece. And if we start and we're like, let's make these three decisions and let's add $30,000 in recurring revenue to your plate every month. Suddenly people have more time. Suddenly Mm. people have more energy. Suddenly people have more inspiration to start to make these, these shifts. So, you know, one of the things Whether you're coaching someone or you're coaching yourself or leading yourself, when we're really quick, to, oh, I don't have the time for that. I don't have the money for that. Those are really easy answers that we are so conditioned to delivering. And the challenge I just give to everybody is, okay, is like, is there, and you're really honest, is there something behind that? And usually the first place we look is energy, energetic energy or
1: physical energy. I love that. So how would you start working on energy then?
0: Well, you know, there's two sides. How do I get more of it? And I think we're we're such a society that's like more, how do I get more? How do I get more stuff? How do I get more things? How do I get more? And I think, you know, like any equation on any balance sheet, we can acquire more revenue, or we can stop the financial bleed. And Mm. so when it comes to energy, I think when we're really honest, we have a lot of things in our life that are depleting our energy. And we concurrently have stories that we tell ourselves as to why those things can never change, and so we just keep adding things to our list. And this is where the the quote unquote work comes in in our in our lives because you cannot out supplement and out red light therapy or out cold plunge like a really shitty lifestyle or crappy relationships or a boss who's disempowering to you. There's there's no things you can acquire or money you can spend to have better health or more energy if it's simultaneously leaking at the bottom of your bucket. And so, you know, that is really like when people sincerely are like, I want more energy. We really need to start by inventorying where it is being utilized. And once we have a sense of that piece and everyone, that's when everyone's like, well, I don't have the time to do that. Cause you know, the energy, you know, you see the cycle, yeah. right? Because it's hard. That's hard stuff. It's hard to acknowledge that you might be in a career you don't love. Or it might be hard to acknowledge, you know what? My marriage is not what I want it to be. Or my kids are more difficult than I anticipate. Like That stuff is hard, but it's yeah. also actually where we get the biggest blocks of energy back from because we stop leaking it everywhere. And once we acknowledge those pieces, sometimes we can't even tackle those, but we just need to see them. We need to see that, gosh, I got work to do with my partner or, you know, my kid maybe needs a little bit more support than I needed. We still need the quote unquote energy to, to, to dig in there. And that's why, you know, when I'm talking to women who are perimenopausal 35 to 45, I'm like, what are some of the quick wins we can do physiologically for you? So we can create physiological bandwidth for you to tackle some of these areas we now can see are like massively misallocating resources for you.
1: I love that answer because, and it's it's such a ND answer like getting the root yeah getting to the root of the cause or the problem or the stress right like that is so important because we can as health professionals and a lot of people are listening they are coaches health professionals we you know even though we might be looking for the healthier alternatives the cold plunges the red light therapy that can yeah. often be like just a band-aid or more stuff as you were saying to our life when we're not yeah. actually digging deep enough to fix where the stress is actually coming from. I think that's so key. And like how would some if somebody's listening, like how would they start to do that? you know, like, 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 do you have a process where you, you can just like get out a piece of paper and pen, like write down the stuff that like really irks you or like, what is that process? How can somebody start maybe doing that now or thinking about, um, those you know, stresses? Es-
0: especially when I work with entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we actually have to just run an inventory mm-hmm. on those things that are, that are important to our life. And the reason I just, I love entrepreneurship so much, especially in a in a day and age where there is just so much opportunity and awareness and self-awareness, and, you know, we all are craving freedom. We're all craving more flexibility. We're all craving those things. Entrepreneurship can create those things for you. Entrepreneurship also is this incredible opportunity and it will force you whether you want to or not to look at those areas of your life that are challenging for you. And so we created within our company and I actually started this in clinical practice because I treated so many entrepreneurs and I treated so many high performance individuals who no matter what we threw at them still feel like crap still feeling Mm. awful still like whatever um we'd actually just start to talk about their life and so i created something called the anthropology life system where we inventory these core areas of their life and there's eight areas and i'll take you through them really really quickly okay because what i find is if there is incongruence in how you see yourself or how you want to be living in these eight areas They're actually silent suckers of energy. And so the first one is purpose. You don't have to go out and find your purpose. Like it's hard of hard making this step one because some people are like, I can't find my purpose. It's gonna take me 20 years to find my purpose. All I wanna really ask and have people check in is, do you feel congruent that the work you're putting into the world every single day is in alignment with your purpose? Mm. And if you're not sure and can't articulate what your purpose is, I promise you, if you go just a little bit deeper, you know in your gut whether you're doing it and to me purpose is really just a confluence of what you are good at what you love and what has a capacity for contribution and it doesn't have to be more complicated than that so are you showing up every day doing things you love things you're good at and things that actually contribute in a meaningful in a meaningful way the second piece that we look at in the life system is impact do you feel like you're having the impact that you actually have the capacity to deliver? Is this congruent for you? And the word congruent really is like the key here to this whole, this whole system, because you don't always have to be clear on what you want your impact to be, but you know, in your gut, whether you're actually living up to your potential. So are you having any impact at the level you want? Is your health where you want it to be? And that's a really big picture question, especially when I'm working with patients, we can get much more granular on that. But again, this is a gut check exercise at a 10 is your health, where you want it to be income. Is your income in alignment where you want to be? You can see these are not categories that are like, like, do you like your hair color? Should we maybe change? Yeah. Like, these are like, stop you in your, oh, shoot, I cannot outmaneuver these, right? Yeah. Are you earning yeah. what you want and feel you deserve to be earning? The next one is growth. And when we talk about growth in the intersection of growth and entrepreneurship, There's, there's multiple layers here. There's intellectual growth, there's personal development growth, and there's spiritual growth. And there's always going to be all three in entrepreneurship because it's not, it's not a steady line. You've not picked the most secure path. So Mm -hmm. the reason I called it the anthropology life system is because all of these areas have the capacity to be accelerated through the entrepreneurial journey. There's three more areas. The next one is relationships. And we can break that down relationships with your partner, relationships with your colleagues, relationships with your friends, what's happening with your relationships as a result of this journey that you're on experiential. Are you having the experiences you want to have Mm. in life? Not later, but right, like right now. And the thing about entrepreneurship, that's so cool is like, you want to travel with your family every year. Great. Like, where do you need to travel with your family so that you are like triaging whether or not this is a location you want to travel to for a retreat. Like there's lots of ways you can leverage the container of entrepreneurship to satisfy these pieces, but you need to acknowledge whether or not there's congruence there first. And lastly is legacy. And when I talk about legacy, I talk about it on a few different levels, but in particular in the health and wellness space, I'm talking about it financially. I'm talking about it in terms of health or the things you're doing every single day with respect to your health leading and inspiring the generation of people who are observing you to set those standards for themselves and the the last piece when we talk about legacy is your intellectual property have you taken what it is that you do in the world and actually captured it and chronicled it in such a way that you could mentor someone else to pick those pieces up. So I spoke about this at like a really high level and move through it really quickly. Cause it's like a it. whole workshop, mm-hmm. but this, you asked, you know, how do I start? And I start by triaging these, these eight areas. And the goal here is not you're living 10 out of 10 all the time. The goal is that you are just aware of where you are at any given moment. It's like a compass and you're on the ocean. You want to know where you are so that you can just constantly of course. Correct.
1: That's amazing. I love that. And I, and I'm assuming, like you said, you, you know, you have different seasons in your life, different seasons in your business. And if you have these eight, eight pillars that maybe you're checking in with, it's going to help you refocus on maybe some things that you're locking in or some things that you, you know, might not even realize that you're feeling unfulfilled with.
0: And that's the whole, that's the whole point with them is that, you know, if you, if you're like, I really want more energy, I really want something different. There's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of work and effort between where you are right now and where it is that you're going to go. And it's partly like your relationship to the work and your viewpoint of doing the work. Like that's where the growth piece comes in. Right. So it's just, it's a framework. So, you know, where to work on things. Cause that's always the question people will come in with Is They're like, I know I've got to
1: do the work. I have no idea what that means. Um, so this yeah. is at
0: least a place so that you
1: can get started. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now you talk about being a hero in your own story. And I thought this was really cool because I, I always, I, you know, used to say to my clients, like you are the hero. I am the guide. And I feel like as coaches, as practitioners, we often take on that role of being the guide, but it's also important to be the hero in your own journey. And so how, like how, to you, how, how important is that? Like, you know, to, for you to have mentors in, you know, health and fitness or mentors in business, how isn't that important for your growth as a person and also growth in your business? Cause a yeah. lot of us can be like, Oh, well, we can just do it on our own. Right. Like I'm telling people to do this so I can just do it on my own.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting this morning. So this morning I was working, I was working out as you know, and (laughs) what was really funny about what it was I was doing. I thought I was supposed to do 15 reps and I thought I was supposed to do it. I thought last time I had done it at like 90 pounds or I thought, sorry, I thought I had done it at like 150 pounds. So today I showed up and I was like, I'm going to do four sets of these 15 reps and I'm going to do it at 190 or 170 pounds. And I did it. And I thought I was going to die, but it felt really great. And I got back <laughs> and I looked at my app and I realized one, I only needed to do 12 reps and two, I only needed to do it at like 90 pounds. And I was like, Holy smokes. Like If I had been left to my own devices and had just Mm -hmm. looked at the plan and looked at the plan and believed that that was what I was supposed to do, that's exactly what I would have done. And then because I thought that you had created this plan for me, that required me to lift almost a hundred pounds more than I was thinking I would and do more reps than I think I would. I pushed myself to this entirely different, this entirely different level. For me to get to the gym this morning, I had to lead myself. I knew that I knew I had to get out of bed and I had to put on my stuff I had to get out the door. And I had to be, I had to be somewhat disciplined because I was quite enjoying my sleep. So I had to lead myself there, but it was only because I have brought someone else into my life to set a different standard for me. Cause I want a different result that I was able to, to achieve it. This is pretty universal in the research that when we want to hit a new standard and we want to step outside of what we're capable of, we actually need a different vantage point. We need a coach. We need someone to take us to that level. It doesn't mean we need a coach in all areas of our life every single day. But I was sharing with a group of entrepreneurs last week. I said, you know, I'm really excited about the work that I'm doing working out this year because... Every single year for the last five years, I've said, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And then every single year for the last five years, I just carried on doing the things I had always done. I just went to the gym the same way. I ate the same food. I have 8 billion years of school around nutritional science, and I still need someone else to tell me what to do and set the standard and like brainstorm for me when I am stuck I need someone to I need someone to pick up the slack on that piece and the to help me get through that that gap. So you don't always need a coach. You don't always need these other people. But I think back to this notion of leading yourself, when you're really clear on where you want to go and you're really clear on what that goal is and you're not sure what's in the middle of that, that's where you really, you really probably need to ask the who question as opposed to the how mm-hmm. question.
1: And those of you listening, Megan is getting ready for a. So fitness photo shoot. Oh.
0: <laughs> we uh, said it live here. I know, I know. We're like super, we're super committed now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. And you're already like, you know, your delts are coming out. You look amazing. I, I love working with, you know, just badass entrepreneurs like yourself because you just kind of put your head down, do the work. Yeah, life comes up, but it, it doesn't phase you, you know. It's correct and continue, move on. Okay. So you said something about waking up early. Getting your workout in. Yeah. I feel like in this space, we hear a lot of men talk about owning your morning, getting up at like 4 a.m., getting your work done before like anybody wakes up in the whole (laughs) wide world, like or going for a run or whatever. Mm -hmm. What is your thought around that with being a mom, being an entrepreneur, being a woman? What would you say to like your clients that are trying to do that? But just like are just feeling like a failure doing that basically.
0: Yeah. You know, I laugh. I've tried. (laughs) Totally. There's this one entrepreneur that I watch and he is lovely. And he posts like the dark sky at 3.30 in the morning, 3.45, getting up to get his work done. So he can be like, family man by 2 PM and like, bless him. I so appreciate that that works for him. Does not work for me. And it, it often doesn't work for women's circadian rhythm. This idea of getting up early, this idea of like constantly pushing yourself like that, that whole energy is, is very much masculine energy. And I'm talking about this energetically, but also women's circadian rhythm does not lend itself well to getting up at 4 AM. You can maybe train yourself to get there, I, I just don't, I don't want to, you know, I have like 8 million devices attached to me at any given moment, <laughs> monitoring what's taking place. And I can tell you, I have my best REM sleep between four and 6. AM that's where my brain restores itself. That's where my, my I'm integrating memory. And, and that's where like my cognitive capacity for the next day really gets refreshed and recharged. There is nothing that gets in the way of that. In fact, even when my kids sleep, usually my husband and like I mean nothing gets in the way of that piece. So if I've gone to bed late or I have something else that is like interrupted my sleep, my sleep always wins. I will just not go to the gym that morning. I'll move it later. I'll like move all the workouts over, but my sleep, my sleep wins. And maybe that's because I'm in a perimenopausal phase of, of life or maybe I'm just a little bit wiser. It's the number one priority. And because I've made it the number one priority and acknowledged that, I am not second guessing in the morning whether I should get up right now. if I know I went to bed late, like my sleep gets to my sleep gets to win so i I really do get up every morning wishing that I could have woken up an hour earlier and meditated in the backyard with my coffee mm-hmm. by my plants before I went to the gym and like journal like I really, really want to do all of those things, and I cannot fit them all in and also get good rem sleep. And I'm a way better human when my REM sleep is on point. And so those other things get fit into my day. Those other things are priorities, but I'm really clear on like my first two priorities. And that's all I can actually commit to with three kids is my first two priorities, sleep and movement. And if I can't get to the gym for that movement, then the movement happens in some other capacity and the official gym piece moves to later in the day, or maybe the next day even. So I, I, I want to really like embrace the morning piece. It's Mm -hmm. not a realistic standard for me to set in my life right now. And I'd rather feel good about hitting my standards.
1: I love that. I'm so with you there. I was a really long answer. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. Cause I, I I do the same. Like I was, I tried that 4am thing. I think when I tried it, my kids were also really little. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is not Vermont, <laughs> That's what, you know, I tried it for a week, and I was like, how? No, I because you they don't. There's not. You're not taking into consideration your kids maybe waking up at two or three in the morning. I mean, they're not doing that anymore. But I, I, I do prioritize sleep because I feel better and I get way more mm-hmm. done when I'm rested. Mm-hmm. And I'm a nicer person. <laughs>
0: Oh, so. I'm a way nicer person, but you know, there are times like I can, I can squeeze things a little bit earlier, or we might be in a really good run, or I might be very disciplined about going to bed. Cause your morning routine actually starts the night before. Yeah. And if I can get, if I wake up at five and get up and do some of those things, I quite relish that time, but I, I don't rip myself out of REM sleep to make that happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I just wanna take a short break right now to discuss something that I've absolutely fallen in love with. Now, you know that I'm a big fan of whey protein and I'm never gonna give that up, but I'm also really loving the vegan diesel because it's amazing at crushing late night snacking. Diesel vegan mixes up so smooth and my tip is to just use one cup of chilled water, nothing less, and that is the secret. So there's two things that actually make this vegan different from all the rest. One is solathin and the other is mod carb. Both are organic super grains that are amazing at helping you feel full for longer. Listen, we all know the right diet is key, but every little secret hack can help. And this shake is super easy to drink. It has a really nice oat milk flavor. It's not chunky like a lot of the other plant proteins, and it also has five plant proteins mixed together in a way that makes it work exactly like whey does. If you're interested in trying some, click the link in my show notes or go to perfectsports.com and use code JVB. J as in Jennifer, V is in Victor, B is in Bob at checkout, and you're going to save 20% off any of their amazing supplements and protein powder. So again, use JVB at checkout to save 20%. So let's talk, we hear a lot about managing your stress. And I think in, you know, either perimenopause or menopause, we, I don't know about, you and this is something that I feel it's something a lot of my clients say is they just can't handle what they used to be able to handle like they just find a lot of things way more stressful like for me it could just be like my house is kind of like a mess and I'm just like Mm. oh my god I cannot function (laughs) what would you tell a mom entrepreneur how to start implementing like stress management? What does that look like when that even sounds like stressful on its own? Like just do implement some stress management. Like, well, how do I fit that in? And what does that look like?
0: Yeah. It's funny. Like when you mentioned that about your house, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. But you know what? It's not that for me, it's not that my house stresses me out more. It's that I have a, I have a standard at this phase of my life and I actually don't, I don't want stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. I don't want to come home and find your dishes in the sink. Like you're not two anymore. Like, I feel like this should be taken care of. And so it creates a sense of like anxiety and disappointment and like va, which then lowers my standard for stress management in other areas Mm. of my of my life. And I think maybe that's that's part of it in terms of where we start. We really hold a lot as women. And we are like, well, I'm capable of handling all of these things emotionally. And that feels naggy and bitchy for me to tell everyone they better darn well clean up the kitchen. And I'm capable of doing it. Like we're capable of all these things that we take on and we do, but it's still taking from the bandwidth we talked about earlier. And I think probably a lot of us would benefit from sitting down and acknowledging the frustrations that are stealing from our bandwidth and our capacity to manage stress and have the family meeting and have the conversation. You know what, guys, I am perfectly capable of unloading the dishwasher every morning at 6 a.m. When I get up, I just don't want to anymore and I'm not going to anymore. And I'm going to be really Mm -hmm. irritable unless you guys pick up the slack. So I think there's a lot of things that we tend to take on as women that we don't need to do that, that diminish our capacity to really shine in the areas where we want to shine, not universally, but I suspect, and that's certainly something that I do for me on the other side for the stress on the stress management uh, piece. It's right back to that inventorying component. Mm. Again, what is like leaking out of your bucket? I see all these women who are like, Oh, now I have to manage my stress. So I'm emptying the dishwasher. And then I'm doing that. They have all these frustrations and all these things that are sucking energy. And they're like, and now my doctor wants me to meditate and run. Like that's (laughs) not, that is not relieving. that is not, that is like one more chore or one more thing to do on your, on your, on your, in your bucket. Like yeah, we are, we're just doing too many things that we don't need to be, we don't need to be doing. And our, people are probably quite capable of taking and lifting a lot of that slack. I think we actually have to start by looking at ourselves and moving some of those unnecessary things. I'm totally guilty of this, which is why I'm like speaking to myself right now. we got to get those things off our shoulders. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, it's like, you'd rather just in the moment you're like, I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. But the harder thing is to actually ask for help or kind Mm -hmm. of set you know, the tone or, you know, set a schedule up in your family. Like that's the, that's the harder part. We we are okay doing that in our business, but it's hard to do that in the home front. But yeah. if we just stop ourselves and say, okay, how can I make this better for like tomorrow or the next day? It's about, you know, putting that strategy there. And even in our help. businesses,
0: totally asking for, even in our yeah. business, sometimes we get stuck though, there's a lot of people who like hit this plateau where they're like I can't grow anymore. I'm like you probably need an assistant. Like you're doing mm-hmm. lots of things that you don't need to be doing but like I know it's just so much work to train them so I'm not going to do it. And that that it that martyrdom that we do and take on and have observed intergenerationally as women, yeah, it mm-hmm. is hard. It is really hard to train someone new. But once you train that one person, you never have to train anybody else again.
1: Yeah. Once you train your oldest, you're hard. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: Like you we're, we're, we're doing hard things anyways. It's hard to manage yeah. all these things anyways, deal with the, like less than perfect kitchen for two weeks and give that responsibility to your, to your children, go out, go out and read in your backyard in that window of, of time. You're right. We choose our hard. There's lots of hard things happening simultaneously.
1: Totally. And speaking of choosing your heart, what would you, and I think I know your answer to this, but <laughs> um, I just want to have this conversation right now. <laughs> What like particular movement, fitness exercises do you believe all entrepreneurs should be doing? What's part of your life that's helped you, you know, live in peak performance and also help manage stress at the end of the day?
0: I would say everyone just needs to move in a manner that is most accessible and easy for Mm them. So, you know, getting in, I talked about this earlier, getting into momentum is, is that first critical step. One of the challenges I have with the wellness industry is we are so polarized in the advice yes. that we're getting. You have to only eat meat. You can only eat plants. You can only have dinner from this time. You have to like it, it, I would if I, if I didn't know what I knew, I'd probably just like walk in the other direction and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. So I want people to get into momentum. And once you get into momentum and once you cultivate a curiosity, and once you learn how to tap into your, your body and what feels best for you, you're going to find you gravitate to different types of things. And I'm probably different than a lot of my colleagues, because I would love it when my patients would come in and say to me, Megan, I've been Googling this. And there's like, there's all these memes on the internet about how annoying it is when, when patients Google things on their own. But I really view that this is an important rite of passage for a health consumer that they're experimenting with their health. Do I like Pilates? Do I like lifting weights? Do I like, do I like cardio? When I'm, you know, when I'm three weeks out from running a big event and I have tons of stress, I really relish the endorphins of high intensity cardio, where it feels like mm-hmm. a near death experience on my <laughs> on my Peloton. That's really good for my psychology notwithstanding the fact that it might not be the best thing for my physiology right now. I like love lifting weight, like love it. Partly the work that we're doing together, the changes that I'm seeing in my body, I'm in a total state of momentum around that, around that piece. And then I, like, I, I love being outside skiing in the winter too. I love playing ultimate. So I, I really do feel like it's important that people experiment with what feels good that they get into momentum and then you probably would benefit from having the opportunity to work with someone who can tailor a fitness plan that is in alignment with your with your goals but start by moving.
1: I love that. I love that because you're totally right. It's 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 polarizing and then people just might just be paralyzed with all of the information out there not sure if they're doing it properly, but even if you're doing it un, like not properly or not mm-hmm. you, you know the right way Right. By gaining that momentum and doing something is better than than nothing and, and figuring it out. Everybody has to figure out their own path, right? There's no right way. Like yeah. I, I
0: cannot, it, the only thing I can assert uh, from my experience is that there is no single way to health. There may be a more efficient way. There may be a way that worked better for somebody else, but there is not a single path that best suits all humans and there's lots of tools at people's disposal where they could gain access to more insight that helps them find their expedited path but i would be very renascent to follow or adhere to an ideology that is extremely fixated or in a box we just know way too much about the diversity of of human genetics and epigenetics at this point to put people in that kind of container
1: totally totally and i I'm guessing that your view on nutrition is pretty much the same as, <laughs> as the moving piece, but it can, it can be par- polarizing as well. You know, not, you know, eating just animal protein or, you know, not eating any animal protein at all, or, you know, not even eating any carbs. What is your approach there for you, you living your best peak performance life as an entrepreneur, as a mom?
0: Yeah, well you know the way I'm eating right now is not how I necessarily was eating 8 months ago. Like I'm I am eating the diet plan you gave me and I'm I love that. I actually really love not having to think about these things myself. There's like some real power to that. I'm also working towards a very specific goal. So the amount of the amount of protein that I'm eating right now, yeah, I feel really good and yeah, my brain feels totally turned on. Am I always going to eat this amount of protein? Probably not because I don't want to have, I don't want to have protein shakes every day forever. Um, (laughs) I I know that about myself now because I've experimented with it, but I'm totally willing to do that right now. And it is moving me into the state of peak performance that I, I'm really clear that I want in this, in this moment, we're not going to move into a state of peak performance by eating fake food. Mm. There's no research that will support that. We're not going to move into a state of peak performance by consuming alcohol more often than we exercise. We are not going to move into a state of peak performance by consuming food colorings or high fructose corn syrup or basically all the manufactured foods that we have come to love in a North American eating market. And I say that quite explicitly because this is like a really uniquely North American dominated piece. If we just want to talk level one, No one's going to thrive or move closer to a state of peak performance by eating those eating those foods. If we want to go even deeper, and this is the thing about nutrition or any of these pieces is that there are layers to this. It's like level one, find movement that works for you. Mm -hmm. Level two, Mm -hmm. let's find a a type of movement that's going to best optimize to where you want to go with your your goals right now, right? So even with respect to food, no one's moving towards peak performance eating fake food. And then if we wanna go a little bit deeper and people love to debate this around like, well, should it be organic? Should it not be organic? No one's gonna move closer to a state of peak performance by eating more herbicides and pesticides. You're not. This is a standard of food we have again set in a predominantly North American market. Level one, take out the fake food. Level two, let's start to understand of the foods you eat on a regular basis, are there some that maybe you wanna select as being organic? Why? Because I don't know what your genetics looks like. So you, Jenny, may be way more susceptible than I am to Mm -hmm. glyphosate. And I don't know that unless I get in there and start to look at this machinery, but the approach I would take with my patients is let's hedge our bets. Yes. Let's, let's make really good decisions. Let's, Let's not smoke, even though there was one study once somewhere that said maybe it decreases stress for, for women, right? Let's hedge our bets that there's other ways that we can achieve decreased stress rather than introducing cigarettes. Same thing with respect to food. So where one has the capacity to choose organic, let's choose organic and the things that you're going to consume uh, all the time. Level three is not about illuminating level three is now like, let's start to make foods that are uniquely aligned to things that optimize your performance. Maybe we're doing that in alignment with blood work. Maybe we are looking at genetics. Maybe we're listening to feedback with respect to your own body. The, the key thing here that is going to be a through line through all of this is eat real food and eat foods that just naturally. And when I say this to patients, they all understand what I mean, like eat foods that feel high vibe. And I don't mean mm. that in like hippie high vibe. If you just said to someone, does this hot dog or does this apple, which one's more high vibe? No one's confused about the answer. Yeah, yeah And I so, you know, pick real food and pick high vibe foods and see how you feel and move move forward from there.
1: I think that's the key there. See how you feel like, in t- like become in tune with how you feel. Mm-hmm. This is not to cause like food scarcity. It's actually just you are your own experiment basically you know so a lot of my yeah. clients when we they, we switch to a mostly whole food diet there is room for a little bit of flexibility there but mm-hmm. when they go back if they have a week where they're just like totally off they end up feeling the difference mm-hmm. between how you were just saying high vibe like you feel mm-hmm. so good when you are consuming whole yeah. foods majority of the time like live yeah food that you're meant to eat versus Mm -hmm. foods that are in a box that are highly processed. I mean, like I said, I'm not causing scare food, scare food scarcity, but you do feel the difference Mm -hmm. when, when you, when you, when you have done both world, both sides of it. Right. Absolutely.
0: You feel the ramifications right away. You're sleeping, sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Your digestive system's better. Your brain is more aware and it's not it's it's not this acute, like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. I ate kale an hour ago. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more insidious, yeah. right? And I think that's I think that's where we are not necessarily connected. We notice things when they're like abrupt and really hard and very aggressive. And unless it's like shake me to my core, we're like, nah, sure it's having an influence. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think just think there's so much room for us to lean into this nuance that that's what happened. The body doesn't really yells. If your body's yelling at you, it's a big problem. The body generally whispers and we're waiting for it to yell good and bad. I think we just need to actually tune ourselves to the whispering a little bit more and it would help us make better intuitive decisions. I love that.
1: So I want to just Finish off this podcast on just wrapping up the 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 major takeaways. And so, Mm -hmm. number one would be to dig deep and go through those. What what do you call them? The eight main pillars. Oh, I call it our
0: anthropology life system.
1: Okay, you're yeah. (laughs) And is there anywhere where our listeners can see that or or?
0: I know. As you're saying this, we have such a content rich. Platform, yeah, that you asked me this on the moment question, and I'm just going to say yes. And yes, we'll send it, yes, we'll send this over to your team, and yes, we will send you it's so uh, good some training and background on
1: anthropology life <laughs> system.
0: We will send all of that to you. Where can they mm-hmm. get it this second? Mm-hmm. Probably your show notes because we're sending it your way.
1: Okay, amazing, amazing. So that's like that's takeaway number one, number two. I don't know about you. I would say it's the sleep thing. I mean, if you are not feeling good as a if you feel as though you don't have enough time, meaning energy to do the necessary things to propel your business, to make those dreams come true, to be with your kids, to, you know, be present with your family and do amazing things. If you just feel as though you're drained, like focus on sleep first. Mm Focus on sleep first.
0: It's so counterintuitive. You're like, I need more time. Yeah. Sleep gives sleep more. is the is the bank machine of time. Like it gives you, it gives you more quality time. It gives you more quality time. Totally.
1: And what would you say number th- the third takeaway?
0: Number three would be go and Google your health. Like mm. go and go and experiment. Yeah. Go and feel what good. feels feels right to you and use that as your entry point into where you go. There's so much room for adding sophistication. Like we're talking about high performance. I've got red light stuff here. I've got cool plunges there. I've got like, I've got like, I've got us, we can talk to, I'm attached to like 10 devices right now, monitoring what's happening with my health. There's lots of level 10 interventions that we can put into place. And none of them matter if you don't have the capacity to hear the whispers of your own body.
1: I love that. I do that all the time. I Google my health all the time. I get second and third and fourth opinions because I do that. I don't just take for granted, like what, you know, my GP said to me, you know, just take your, take your health into your own hands and, 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 and go to a natural path, go, you know, seek other opinions. If there's something going on, I love that. Well, Megan, where can everybody connect with you and find you? I'll leave it in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. The easiest place to find me is, is hanging out on my Instagram. That's probably where you get an easy live feed. And my handle is just Dr. Megan Walker. And you can find any background information over on my website as well, which is just meganwalker.com.
1: Well, it's been such a pleasure to sit and talk to you for this long. I'm going to be seeing you at two o'clock for your check-in, but <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love- mm-hmm. I love sitting down with you and just learning from you today. You're, you're so awesome. And I can't wait to you know, keep working with you and, and doing some epic things together. It's going to be fun. Oh, well, this was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you and I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend, or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneville-Pay. Take care and stay strong.